Welcome back to Tailgates and Turnovers, the official film crew college football podcast. It is on. Week zero is upon us. Uh, Josh Pate can go fuck himself because there are zero more Saturdays until football. Uh, we are ready for the season, and we are here to talk about some of these week zero lines and some futures. Joining me tonight, we've got Bennett. Bennett, what's up, man? Uh, I walked outside. The air is feeling more brisk, but I'm not doing so good. I got poison ivy. Oh, no. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking gross, dude. Oh. It's nasty. God. Trying to trying to clear up my yard before it's hard to get out there on Saturdays, and you can only do it on uh, Friday nights or Sundays. Yeah, but, Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, Sunday mornings are swim lessons, so that doesn't work out. Um, but, yeah, not much. Like, like I said, I'm a, um I'm going to be at the beach on Saturday, so I'm going to watch what I can. I'm going to record the Notre Dame game. I'm probably not going to watch that, but yeah. you'll you'll be able to tell me uh, everything that is going on. So hopefully, yeah. I don't have a time to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, also joining us tonight, special guests, Andy has rejoined us. What is up, man? Going on, guys. I am super pumped to be on the show. Uh, you guys have been a smash hit since coming on board with Happy Hour Sports. So I can't thank you guys enough for writing for us uh, and contributing where you can. Uh, it's been awesome to partner up with you guys, and it's the least I can do to hop on for this little week zero and future show. Which, so I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, so we are – obviously, we are thrilled to have been part, added to the Happy Hour Sports Network. We're we're putting out articles and these podcasts on your guys' platform, and we really appreciate the platform that you guys have given us. So uh, really happy to have you on. Uh, week zero is definitely sicko's week, so this is going to be as good a time as any to get some hot takes out because – it's time. Uh, we are we are ready. But before we get into that, I think Bennett's got a few questions. Yeah. So, um, real quick, just like, what's your like fanhood as far as cal- uh, college football goes? Like, uh, I guess go back to the beginning. Yeah. So the beginning is I was born in South Bend, Indiana. So I grew up a Notre Dame fan. Um, was not anywhere near smart enough to be able to even think about applying to that school, but. I did grow up a Notre Dame fan, have, have a long lineage of my uh, mom's side of the family being Notre Dame fans, and then some on my dad's side too, since they were the ones that lived there. Um, but upon going to the University of South Carolina, that was when things kind of changed, because when you spend your every single Saturday tailgating, or if we're away at a bar, drinking and, and not really watching the games, and just kind of prepping for South Carolina games, uh, my college football fanhood deteriorated and so did my uh, allegiance with Notre Dame where I still have a massive soft spot for them where the bowl game last year was hard, but uh, I do consider myself a South Carolina fan through and through where those are my guys. Uh, I'm on the Beamer train no matter what. And uh, actually in my Heisman tickets coming up, Spencer Rattler's not one, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I don't know about Carolina this year. Um, we weren't too friendly on them on the uh, SEC pod. Some of us yeah. were, some of us weren't. <laughs> one, one of the guys had them finishing second in the East. So, I, uh, I mean, I could see it, but I, I wasn't one of them. But, uh, all right, Icebreakers, what's your favorite movie? Oh, God. Um, that's a good question. I was not expecting an Icebreaker to start off. <laughs> yeah? Uh, my friends would tell you, 
and especially people that I work with because they're all huge movie junkies. This is why I'm giving this preface because um, it's not really like a, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily one that's my favorite, but uh, movies are definitely a weak spot of mine because when I have my free time, I'm watching sports, whether that is uh, NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball. And then now kind of in the dog days, it's really just UFC on the weekends. Um, even when the Cubs have been making their run here, I haven't really been watching them because I have, I don't have a huge appetite for baseball like you do Bennett, but uh, for me, it is the Star Wars series. I'm a big nerd for Star Wars. Um, specifically growing up, number two was my favorite movie. And I don't know why it was. Because now that I've like gone through and rewatched, I'm like, no, no. Number five is is probably my favorite, I would say. Yeah. Tyler's the uh, bigger Star Wars guy than me, I would say, by far. Um, Ahsoka came out I, tonight, right? Yes, it is, it is uh, currently airing. Um, dropped at nine eastern so shout out disney please sponsor us um <laughs> but yeah man you said two was your favorite and uh, i was i was praying that you weren't gonna die on that hill because we might have had to get this no. interview short and i would have had some questions um <laughs> no that was like me being a kid <laughs> thinking i could run around and pretend to be obi-wan kenobi in the backyard like as a like, as a thing. young kid <laughs> it's a good thing to pretend yeah could be the other way around and be the horniest man in film history anakin in episode two <laughs> Oh, I was going to say Quentin Tarantino and anything he's in, but uh, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, all right. This, uh, this second one's a little easier. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? Oh, that's a really good one. Uh, it would be for the actual meal itself. I would probably go um, penne alla vodka with chicken. I've been on that kick. I, I love Italian food in general, but I've kind of been on a vodka penne kick for a minute um because there's some really good italian spots like within a mile radius of where i live in charlotte which is kind of surprising to me that there's that many italian spots um i used to live in st louis and there's a little italy and nothing really matches that but there is some good italian food here in charlotte too and then uh finest glass of cab sav i'm not really a wine snob but i do like me some sweeter red wines uh and i would like some cinnamon rolls for dessert cinnamon rolls are my number one favorite food in the world See, and then just no, throw just throw a bunch of liquor in there. I'll get liquored up beforehand. I won't feel. Yeah, it's, no one's ever asked me, but I would eat a ton of Italian food before, and then uh, just whenever they inject me, I guess just you know blow it all out the other end. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, how much money do you make, and can we have some? <laughs> uh, it is still net negative, and I'm pretty I'm pretty open with that with our listeners too. <laughs> okay. And then, we're, um, we're still not making money yet, but uh, you guys would be leading the way to be the first ones paid by the company. <laughs> I will say that. And uh, and I, I let off with it too, but I'll say it again. I can't thank you guys enough for being on board. Um, it means the world to me to have a dedicated college football group. And the more sickos that we can get that are specialized in one sport and live and breathe it and know what the recruits are eating for breakfast, but do not tweet at them, uh, yes. the more the merrier. Bring yeah. it on. So then, you guys have been um, kick ass and I can't thank y'all enough, but yeah, no, no paying, just, uh, hugs and thank yous on my side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. The last week, the recruits yeah. and don't buy them breakfast. Or else <laughs> yeah. Your own school may suspend you for your three out of conference games that are absolute bangers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one. You, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. What are your uh, thoughts on Bud Light? I can't answer that on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm more of a Miller guy myself. I am a Miller guy myself too. I think all we had at the bachelor party I was on last weekend was Miller Light and Coors Light. Yeah. 
That'll uh, that'll do it. Did you uh, did you see? I anything? think it tastes like water, anyways. Like I want my beer to actually taste like beer. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I like uh, light beer. Not a uh, I don't know. I'll drink IPAs and stuff every now and then, but I'm not buying them at the store. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, it's like if I even my light beers, I like it. Like Miller Light tastes like beer. Bud Light and like Natty Light tastes like water. It doesn't it doesn't have a ton of flavor. In my yeah, that was um, always the other school in South Carolina. All those kids drink Bush Light. I don't know why. But uh, well, everyone I, know, everyone I know from there drank that. Okay, so do we. Can't spell Bush without USC, baby. There you go. All right, well, thanks for coming on. But uh, Tyler, take it away. Yeah, shout out the real USC. Um, yeah, man, I, I just can't believe we're finally here. Like, we, we have games in four days at this point, five days. Um, it, it's finally – all of the stuff about conference realignment, all of the arguments in the offseason about the transfer portal and NIL. For a few hours, we can put that aside and just watch some garbage football games. Um, I mean, looking at some of these lines, obviously we're going to have some uh, some close games projected by Vegas. But in terms of the quality of the matchups, like these shouldn't be really remotely close. Um, really, the two best schools on the slate are not playing each other. <laughs> um, and the two two of the worst schools might be the closest game. So, I mean, this is what week zero is. Uh, we ha- we got a fun game last year with uh, Northwestern and Nebraska to kick things off. But, you know, we're going to be replacing them this year with Notre Dame and Navy, which uh, for a game that's being played in Dublin feels feels about right. Like you think that that would be, you know, that you think that would be a game that would be played in Dublin. And uh, both teams have released alternate uniforms that they're going to be wearing which uh, is obviously very exciting. Um, it, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect out of this game. So the spread's 21. My gut says to bets against Notre Dame on that, at least for the spread. Um, I, I don't it, – it's Navy. Like, I have been – it's tough because, it, A, it's week zero. We don't know what is going to ha- be happening with Notre Dame just because – there's a whole lot of new moving pieces this year. Most of them are going to be positive. Obviously, bringing Sam Hartman in from Wake Forest will be a massive upgrade over what we got out of Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. But we don't have an established receiving threat, um, at least you know one that can be considered like a quote-unquote star receiver for this team. Uh, the D-line lost all of their pass rush presser from last year. Uh, we're really concerned about where pressure is going to be coming off the edge and we've got some rotation going on at guard. So interior O-line could be a question. I mean, Notre Dame is going to win this football game. I don't have any doubt of that personally, but for a 21 point spread, I think Navy's going to be able to keep that a lot closer. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Notre Dame comes out and respectfully kicks the shit out of them. But I just, I don't see this being a three point or a three score game. So I think you're on the right side. If you're going to be actually betting on navy or whoever's listening betting on navy just it the sharp money says so i when i was looking this morning it was like 35 percent or 38 percent sharp differential to navy on that spread and i was kind of surprised um you can correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't been monitoring the lines from weeks and weeks back but it looks like there hasn't been a crazy amount of line movement here where it's kind of started at 20 and has it's kind of teetered back and forth between 21 and 20 20 and a half that kind of thing no, it hasn't moved a lot. I mean, this is kind of where Vegas has been placing it pretty firmly. Um, and the thing about this, too, and the other thing that makes me hesitant is that 
Notre Dame is going to throw the ball more than they did last year, but they are still going to be a run first, especially in this game, uh, possession team. That like they are they may score 21 points like in the first quarter and but the final score may end up being like 35 to 17 or something like that like the, the, it is going to be a closer game than what this spread is indicating in my opinion and i like i said i hope i am wrong and on the bad way i hope i'm wrong and notre dame kicking the shit out i'm i really i might i might just pack it in if navy ends up kicking the shit out of notre dame uh in week zero yeah i uh like you said, I, th- I think the points are just too much to cover. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, Navy cover. I, I don't even have to really explain it too much. I just think uh, with the clock running and everything going on, if they're getting any first downs. And uh, as we saw last year, a lot of first-year head coaches had a uh, a good run of things. So you could uh, definitely expect that to happen with Navy as well. Mm-hmm. But did, um, did you see how Army's not going to be running the option anymore? Yeah, I did hear about that. R.I.P. Yeah, I guess I, I would expect Navy to move that way at some point, depending on everything going on. I guess they just can't cut block on the outside. And um, yeah, the, cut, the the changing cut block rules is probably what's um, you know causing this shift. But I, I don't know, man. Like I played offensive line, so I'm obviously going to be biased against rules banning cut blocks, just because you know it's an important tool in an arsenal where you're being hyper scrutinized for where your hands are going. So sometimes you just got to throw your body at them. Um, but I mean, the triple option was pretty much the one offense that you could run as a team with as much of a talent deficit as these guys have uh, that can kind of even the score because like realistically, unless you're playing multiple of these academies a year, you're not spending more than like a week's install. Like Notre Dame's probably spending a little bit more on it just because they it's week zero and they have time to do this. But, you know, like if this was a week six game where it's wedged between like Clemson and Ohio State or some shit like that, like you're not going to be spending a lot of time on the triple option like leading into that week. Like it, it's in theory, what in theory should be an easy offense to read and to defend against is not just because like these are still high school kids we're talking about like there's going to be missed reads and like nate the service academies are very good at taking advantage of that yeah no i, I definitely agree um yeah I, I don't really have much more to add on it i mean like like you can go into your long expectations the, if you want my my which expectations your, your long expectations for notre dame like moving forward uh that's tough because I, i'm trying to temper my expectations because I do, I do think they can't have any Marshall or Stanford games for this to be a successful season. Like, 9-3 and three is going to be completely possible, and it's going to absolutely depend on what those three losses are. You know what I mean? Like, if all three of those losses are going to be against USC, Ohio State, and Clemson, then it sucks. But, I mean, these are all teams that are – higher on the talent composite than Notre Dame is and that have established coaches. So like I can understand it even if I don't like it. If they lose one to one of those teams, but then also lose to like, you know, Louisville and then another team that they probably shouldn't lose to, like NC State or something like that, that's a lot more disappointing of a season and that's and that's an issue. But this is a team that they can win every single game on their schedule. I'm not saying they're going to, but they can. And I I think it's reasonable to expect a double-digit win season if you're a Notre Dame fan. Like, you had your first season jitters from Marcus Freeman. You had your first season jitters from this team. 
You upgraded massively at the quarterback position, which a lot of fans correctly, fans and pundits correctly assume was the biggest issue with this team last year. Like you should be able to get double digit wins out of this. So I, yeah, I think I mean, they're going. I don't know. I've heard that before. I know, and that's a. I, I'm I'm more talking like I would expect them to win at least one of their three big games and not drop anything to any of these teams that they shouldn't lose to. Like. I don't think that's too much to ask out of this Notre Dame team. So that's just me. But, you know, like you said, we've we've been down this road before. We, we've been down this road a lot in one year. Yeah, last year we were down this road. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know, man. Like, Ohio State, they're having a court, legit quarterback battle, which we can talk more about that next week when we're actually getting into Ohio State's games. But um, USC, like, they won by 10 at home, but it honestly just kind of hinged on one Drew Pine fumble. I think it was 10 or 11. I think it was ended up being the final uh, deficit there. Um, and that's going to be a home game. Clemson, obviously, they stomped at home, but they're going to be going to Clemson. And I think that that's honestly the game I feel the least comfortable about for them long term. So um, if they're, if I'm going to rank games in terms of which ones I think it's gonna, they're going to lose, I think it's going to be Clemson, USC, Ohio State. Uh yeah, I, mean, I tend to agree with that. I don't know, Andy, you're a Notre Dame past fan. <laughs> Notre Dame adjacent. Yeah. So this kind of ties into our futures piece, but uh, way back when, like at the end of the, at the end of last season, when um, it became quickly announced that Sam Hartman was going to transfer, I put in a future on Hartman to win the Heisman, and I got that at eighteen to one. I think it's still around the same odds you might be able to find in the 20s in some places but um i think there's a few pieces to that that i like so to your point tyler i think there will be um more passing and that's going to fit right into what he does best i mean he's fell just short of that 40 touchdown mark the last two seasons at wake forest with inferior offensive weapons in my opinion um and he's thrown for almost 8000 yards in his past two seasons combined which would be awesome but the other piece is just the sheer hype around him that he's about to get uh he's easily going to get the media attention because he's going to be at notre dame so all of his games people will be able to see um i think that's definitely plays a part when you're talking about heisman candidates as well as his story like all the stuff that has happened in his personal life and the adversities he's had to triumph over throughout like with his the stuff with his brother uh the stuff with the blood clots that he went through all that stuff like that's going to take up half the heisman ceremony show when he's on it come award season so uh i think espn's gonna eat that shit up and he has actually and like all that stuff aside like performance wise i think he's in a much better spot than where he was at wake where he has a legitimate shot to do it uh plus he is a charlotte north carolina guy so i have to back him to yeah he was him. he was on that uh that show with will greer's dad whatever it was uh, qb1 yeah qb1 beyond the lights yeah that's where I really remember hearing the name for the first time, but I didn't expect him to be that good. And here we are now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could buy him being a Heisman finalist. I, I don't know if he's going to win it. I just, again, the lack of an established pass catcher, I think is what's going to be the biggest cause of doubt here for the Irish. Um, but I, but the thing is, is that they have players that can do it. It's just a matter of actually, well, I need to see it, you know, before I can comfortably say it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I'm, I'm just trying to steer away from anything Caleb Williams and Drake May related in like my Heisman tickets because I don't want to just ride with what everyone's going to do. Not going to take the layup. 
<laughs> no. Well, everyone's going to be doing that, so I want to find the value elsewhere, is my thought at least. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I had I had him there. Um, going back to your Ohio State thing, though, like since we touched on it, I know that'll be more of a week one convo. But with the ongoing quarterback stuff, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is like by far the heavy favorite to win the best wide receiver award at the end of the year. He's like plus 200 and everyone else is four figures. Do you mm -hmm. guys think that this quarterback stuff is going to play a role in him? maybe not having as good of a season as people expect. I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's going to be wide receiver one off the board in the NFL draft next spring. But um, in regards to actually putting together the best season out of all the wide receivers in the country, do you think that's that the court, ongoing quarterback stuff is going to play a role in that? I don't know if it's going to be as much the quarterback stuff as it is that he's facing quite a few good secondaries that could kind of damp that, you know, um, like uh, kind of a homer take here, but Notre Dame secondary is very good this year. It's one of the strong points of the team, which I can't remember the last time I actually thought the secondary was the strength of this defense, but, um, like they're going to be a test. Penn state's obviously going to be a test. Michigan is going to be a test. Um, like those are going to be three teams that can definitely not contain him or shut him down, but at least like kind of stop it from getting way, a little too out of hand. But, I mean, I think it's going to be people's expectations more than anything. Like, I think people are just going to be expecting, like, a 3,000-yard season from this kid with all the hype that he's getting. Um, but he, he's not going to do that. But he, he's still – he's he's going to be my pick for the Blitnikoff. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's going to be the sham tweet. It, it, it's time to eat lunch, time to eat lunch, time to eat lunch. I don't think there's anybody stop, like, slowing him down. I think – me and Charlie talked about it last week. The over for his yards on underdog was at eleven twenty-five and a half. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't I think he, over pretty well on that. I, I don't think it matters who's a quarterback for them. He's and mm -hmm. he's he's either going two or three overall next year, depending on what teams need in the uh, draft. Like, and especially if if we talked about if the Cardinals get that second overall pick, if the Houston, if the Texans suck this year, like it'll be Caleb Williams one. And it'll be him too, just to load that offense back up. So, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have, see him having any real problems. Yeah, it's a good question though, because I mean, Ohio State is kind of notorious for starting slow, and then when you have a not established QB one yet, uh, you know, things have been kind of trending for Devin Brown lately, where people, a lot of people thought it was going to be Kyle McCord, just you know, as of like a month ago. So, um, different styles of play, so we might get to see we might see a little bit of a shift from Ohio state, but I mean, they're facing Indiana, Youngstown state and WKU the first three weeks. Like this is not going to be a tough opening. Yeah. There's just 3000 yards right there. I'll get a thousand each game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, the reason I, the reason I asked too, is just, I think there could be some value on like some of the other guys that are near the top, like either one of the Washington receiver receivers, whether you like Rome or Jalen, because, um, I mean, they're both coming off a 1,000-yard seasons. Like, Penix had 4,600 yards last season, second most in the country. Like, I think that there's a chance for either one of them to keep advancing. But, again, they are also going to be kind of eating away at each other where it will be the Marvin Harrison show in Ohio State. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Ibuka's going to – I think his yards were, like, right around 1,000 as well. Uh, so, it's – he really could uh, – I mean, 1,200 on FanDuel. 1,200? That's yeah, high for, for, for Ibuka or for Harrison? For Ibuka. 
Okay, so that's way higher. Last week he was at like 975. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh this article is as of August 15th. So I mean, oh, that was last week. So yeah. Yeah, Fandle Fandle had him there as of last week. Uh These Xavier all... Worthy is another one that you might get good value out of. Yeah. I mean, I like Xavier Worthy too. Um I I, I don't know. I uh I have a hard time thinking thinking it won't be Harrison. And Vegas kind of has him in the same spot as of last week. He's <laughs> plus two hundred to win the bullet to cough. Like Yeah. And you like you could go like make Harrison your bet, and then these guys are so heavily uh like such big underdogs if you want to place little hedges here and there yeah. just throw like a quarter unit or something on some of these guys knowing that i mean harrison at plus 200 is still uh since he is such a like should win it and it is, is going to be the clear best receiver uh plus 200 is still really good but it does give a lot of value to those other guys for sure right well this i remember last year when we did this i did um jackson and smith and jigba to win the heisman because there was a lot of comparison to that Alabama team from a while ago where um I guess Henry Ruggs and what's his name in Miami? Um Waddle. They left and, Waddle, they were, they were both, and then he was the leftover and it was the same with like um Chris Olave and Garrett okay. Wilson. Yeah. So I was like he's left over, but then he was hurt all year. Like the the futures, that's where it, it's hard. Oh yeah. I, I'm a I'm a velocity guy. I uh <laughs> yeah. Each weekend throw as much as I can. But if if you're looking for some long shots, I like Keon Coleman or Jacob Cowling at plus 2,000. And that's uh, some Homer stuff going on there as well. You said no bias on Keon Coleman, huh? Dude, he's like he's projected to go like top 20 right now. It sucks. Yeah. It's, he's just finally going to get the stage to do it. Yeah, but it's a good question about Ohio State. Like, And I think it's something we can probably touch on a little bit more next week because, I mean, we may not talk about a lot of – we need, there won't be a lot of concerns because it's Indiana. But I mean, it's something that we'll have to get addressed. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, in terms of the, some of the lines for this week, like, uh, do you are you guys having any specific ones that you're looking out for? I mean, we have seven games to pick from, and not a lot of heavy hitters. Ohio, baby, Bobcats, Ohio? Bobcats on the road, Aztecs. Uh, Aztecs don't have a defense. Looks like they might have an offense finally, but. We still got our boy Curtis Rourke, the Maple Missile at quarterback for Ohio. And Maple um, Missile, baby. Yeah, if you looked at it last year on PFF, if you didn't filter out the uh, G5, he was the number one overall rated quarterback. He's a fucking stud. The only thing I am worried about – actually, he's lucky. Have you seen the temperatures for this weekend? No. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. It is insane. Um, yeah, the Midwest is going to be hell. It's more the – South and southeast. Luckily, they're in San Diego, where the weather is always perfect. Uh, yeah. Not if you're, not if you're in LA right now. But uh, UMass on the road at New Mexico State, ninety-five. UTEP at Jacksonville State, ninety-eight. Uh, FIU at La Tech, ninety-nine. Hawaii oh, at Van- Hawaii at Vanderbilt, ninety-nine. It's hot as hell. That's insane. San Diego probably sunny at seventy-five though. Uh, sunny and eighty. So yeah. Okay. Oh my yeah, God. that's high for them. That's high for them. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, their their neighbors, like whatever, hundred miles north, are freaking underwater. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm 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 on Ohio. Um, I don't know if I'd take the uh, take the straight up, where if you're on Caesars, you can find it at plus one ten. So it's really it's fine. Uh, I I take the two and a half. It's minus one ten. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that one a lot. I will say one thing I'm definitely not letting myself do this year is be fooled into thinking Hawaii is going to be competitive. Um, that game is probably going to be a bigger spread than like Notre Dame Navy even. So uh, Hammer Vandy, uh, I've got them at 17 and a half point favorites uh, with uh, minus 112. And it's like minus a thousand in money line. Like this, this is going to be an ass kicking. Not going to let myself be fooled by the Rainbow Warrior uniforms. Um, they're going to get smoked. Yeah, that was a brutal week zero for us last year. Everyone thought Hawaii was Felt great about that one, man. And they uh, they lost by fifty something. Like just got smoked. <laughs> it was like I that forgot first about quarter, that. Looked, I remember that. <laughs> the first quarter, it looked like it could happen, and then Vandy just fucking rolled them. Oh. Yeah. This, I, I don't know. Yeah. What else you got? This UTEP Jacksonville State game just keeps staring me at the fa- in the face because I feel like I've had experiences in the past betting UTEP, not as much last season, but the season before that. And Jacksonville State had a really had a, like a really good season last year. Do you guys have any type of read on this one? I, for me, it's like I mean, I don't think Vegas even has a read on it because the odds are literally set at basically a pick'em. I'm I'm taking UTEP. Uh, Jacksonville State lost all of their good players that may, have made them have a good season last year, and their coach. Um, they don't. They just don't have as much talent as they did last year. Uh, UTEP's not going to be good either, but I think they're going to be able to handle handle Jackson Jack State personally. I'm on. Uh, I'm on the other side. Uh, Jack State first year in the FBS, and I will take it. They're going to be our um, who's James Madison of last year. There's a lot of people down here that went to Jack State in Alabama, surprisingly enough, if you didn't know that. But um, that's another one. I mean, UTEP's hot, so they're, they're not going to be phased by the 100-degree weather. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of on it. And it seems like the public is kind of on it, too. What does it look like? Like, how big? Uh, well, it's well since it switched, they were on the spread before. They're, they're, they're shaving it down because the public was on the spread at 60%, and that moved it down from uh, one and a half. To a pick, gotcha. So, Sharps are on them too, though. You've got a fifteen percent edge to Jacksonville State. They're so, good. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people here went to school there because they have the uh, in-state rule with Georgia. But um, I mean, a while ago, even when they were in FCS, they they won the championship, and then they uh, they beat Ole Miss when Ole Miss was kind of on the up and up. Probably I don't know, ten years ago. Um, I mean, I like the program a lot. And I'm excited that they uh, they're moving up. Conference USA battle week yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I th- I don't think this is any kind of indictment on them long term. It's just I think when you're losing as much talent and you're coaching, like losing a head coach and your quarterback and the number one player recruit in the country last year, like it's going to be a tough thing to replace. Dude, you're on the wrong Jacksonville State. Oh, shit. You're right. That is, God damn it. I'm not cutting this. I'm not cutting this. Please, please don't cut it. God damn it. This travel's killing me. Jacksonville State. Jacksonville, Jacksonville Alabama. State. Okay. Not Jackson, Mississippi. I was wondering why you mentioned Jacksonville, Alabama. God damn it. All that right, makes sense night. why you said they lost all their guys now. Yeah, we move. Uh, no, this that is a completely different program that I was talking about. So my bad on that one. But um, so yeah, well, in that case, I don't have a great read on this game at all. So I'm just going to. I'll defer to you, Bennett. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm uh, I'm taking the Jacksonville State pick, and uh, I wouldn't touch those points. But if I'm going to, I'm I'm, I'm touching an under, which we will get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Under fifty three. 
Yeah, I would agree with you on the unders there. What it, for reasons we'll talk about here shortly. But yeah, in terms of spread, obviously I was looking at a completely different football team going up against UTEP. So uh, yeah, it's it's a pick them, <laughs> and I'm that's going to be a do not touch for me on at least the uh, the spread of the money line there. Yeah. What about <laughs> you guys? Got anything else? Like for sure stuff that you're gonna. I mean, we're we're freaks. We'll probably be looking at all of this. I I like uh, I like New Mexico State at home against Zumas. Mm-hmm. I would agree uh, with that. I mean, and obviously they're touchdown favorites. Yeah, but uh, UMass sucked last year, and it's just another one of those games where it's going to be 95 degrees out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, you, UMass might not be ready for that one. Yeah, they have the uh, they have the lowest line uh, in terms of point totals this year or this week. Uh, 45 points, a whole full five and a half below, or four points below anybody else. Uh, you taking the over, under on that one too? Uh, I am not sure. That's I low. love me a low under, man. I love that's a low at, under. <laughs> that's, at a, that's NFL low. Yeah. <laughs> that's low, man. It's not uh, Iowa low, but it's low. <laughs> why Why is New Mexico State an independent? Good question. That's like so weird. I don't this know. This should be like a, uh, an epilogue of the conference realignment piece that you wrote. <laughs> I'm never writing something that long again. That was incredible. <laughs> that was incredible. What's another thousand words? That's kind of what it started turning into is fucking glossary. And I just, I got to get off my, I loved it. I got to get off my Adderall. Um, <laughs> that's right. Are you touching anything on San Jose? San Jose state USC at 31 points, man. I, I'm so yeah. If so, I had to pick one, I would probably take San Jose state to cover. Um, just because, again, I feel I feel I still don't trust USC's defense. First of all, like they, that's a, much like Notre Dame's offense. USC's defense is going to have to show me something before I can really uh, commit to being okay with them. Um, but for the aforementioned under reasons as well, I would probably take a San Jose State cover. Yeah, okay. so Saturday is actually my birthday, so by 8 p.m. Eastern time, I plan on being completely out of it. Uh, so I probably will be just sweating out San Jose state spread and just hoping for the best year. That spread has not touched 31 in some time though. So it's, it's, it's going to be a 30 and a half and then USC is going to win by 31 off like a field goal at the end of the game. That's by yeah. with my luck. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I'm on Wait, uh, Benny, you, you said New Mexico state was independent. They were last year. Oh, they show up as uh conference USA. Yeah. So oh yeah, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Conference USA is what are we just like the the up and ups? Like they take anybody they can that's coming in. It's uh, and then they just join the American and then they go on to other pastures. It's a uh, a stepping stone pro- conference. But it was like yeah, I mean transfers, and you could just knock on a uh, a sell on clause onto those teams that leave you. They'd be making bank <laughs> after all the stepping stones that have been made of them. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. ACC basically has that for all their teams. That's why no one's leaving. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I would take San Jose State on the cover there. I don't feel good about it because, I mean, obviously these are just two wildly different football teams in terms of the talent level. I mean, um, San Jose State's a, a good ball team for the level that they play at, but USC is very, very good. Yeah, and then uh, FIU, FIU and Louisiana Tech, I just don't have anything. I, no, thank you. Under. I will be watching it on the CBS Sports Network, but I will maybe I'll hop in later, but not nothing, nothing right now. 
don't feel super pressed to watch that one other than the fact that it's going to be the last game on. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited for the Ohio San Diego State game because those are two teams with a lot of questions, but like Yeah, that one should be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. It's got the uh I wonder who's announcing that on Fox Sports One. I guess we'll we'll find out. They should, probably should have announced that already, but uh yeah, I mean a lot of these games like again, not very good mostly not very good teams and then two very good teams playing bad opponents that are probably going to cover. Um I don't know. Taking the unders on most of these, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, after we talk some long, some long bets here, some futures. But uh, you guys got anything else on any of these lines, Andy? No. If you guys don't have anything on these, there's no way in hell I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be riding with you guys as well as uh, I do really like that Ohio plays. I'm excited for that. There's a limit even to our depravity. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on from week zero then, uh, and let's save that for Saturday. But we're going to talk some futures, some just like long-term plays, mostly big-picture stuff going on with uh, with college football. And we'll start with the top individual award, the Heisman Trophy. Um, obviously, Caleb Williams won that last year, looking to potentially repeat. Uh, a lot of lot of competitors this year for it, though. Um, uh, this might be – and it basically is a quarterback award this year, at this point. But, you know, there are some non-QBs that – could have a case um, in a normal year. I think this year is just kind of stacked for Heisman contenders, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, Andy. Go ahead. No you, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I already gave my first one out for Sam Hartman. I've got two more, but interested to see who you have as your first one on the top of your list. Yeah, so mine, my first one is actually going to be uh, Michael Penix. So liked him a lot. As, you uh, stole one I mean, from me. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, <laughs> That's a, it's good kind one. of a chalky pick. Like, he's very, very popular for, for the pick to win this award this year. I, I won't be, you know, I won't be obtuse about that. But I liked him a lot watching him at IU. Obviously, he had a couple of injury issues that kind of derailed his time there. But uh, he followed Kalen DeBoer over to Washington and, I mean, lit it up. Like you said, last year, 4,700 yards. Uh, <laughs> And those two receivers that he's got there are going to do a lot of favors. And he's playing in a conference that doesn't do defense all that well. You got a couple schools that do, but like as a general rule, this is not the uh, the defensive powerhouse conference. So um, as long as Washington's defense doesn't you know choke too many games away, like I, there's no reason why he can't be right up there on in New York once the once the ceremony happens. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that that strength of schedule for them too is crazy. Where they like that first, I think that they're absolutely going to start five and zero when you go Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State, Cal, and then Arizona. Um, they have the bye week before Oregon, which makes me feel really good about like them being able to take the time to really prep for that game. And they've got Arizona State at home, Stanford on the road at Southern Cal, which is going to be like. Uh, their second hardest, like their second difficult test after that Oregon game, Utah at home, which would be good that they get to take them on at home instead of on the road. And then at Oregon state, um, I'll talk about it as we go along, but the Beavers have treated me well the last year and a half now. So I do have, I do have a soft spot for them, but then Washington state at home, that mean cannot overstate the, the rivalry there. But I mean, I, I agree with your guys analysis in the article is that like 
over 30 and a half passing touchdowns feels so low. Like 30, 30 and a half feels very, very low for what this offense can do. I think that mm-hmm. he's definitely going to soar over that number um, and like taking it a step or five forward by just saying, fuck it, we'll take him to win the Heisman at 20 to one is what I found it on Bovada. Like, I think uh, I, I, I'd be happy to lay half a unit or even a full unit on, on that. Um, and you're right. Like other people will be taking that just because of how dynamic this offense was, but rightfully so. I mean, Pac-12, there's going to be a ton of offense. And with that schedule, I just rambled off there. There's going to be ample opportunity for him to light it up and really, really um, put an impressive resume together. He just has to deliver in that final stretch of games where the competition gets tough against Southern Cal, Utah, then Oregon State, plus the rivalry game at the end. That Those final four games are going to be tough for them. But if they want to make a run at even being in that playoff conversation or being in a New Year's Six Bowl, you're going to have to play in those games and, and deliver in those games, and I think you will. Yeah, I, I think in terms of just like production, I completely agree that 30 and a half feels way too low for touchdowns this year. Um, the, the question that I have is that they do have, they're facing a lot of potent offenses themselves and the two good defenses in the conference in Oregon State and Utah, which you just mentioned. Um, this is a team that has, I feel like it has a lot a high variance on what their win total could be because they're playing the four other really good teams in this conference, like, you know, Oregon, USC, Washington, or Oregon state, like that's a tough, that's a tough run. And they played all four of those teams in a six week span. So uh, we're going to see a lot of what Penix is made of. I think he's not, I don't think he's going to have trouble putting up yards and points, but is he going to be able to bail out the defense when they inevitably run into a buzzsaw offense and he has to put the game on his back? I think that's kind of where the question is with him, but uh, trying to keep it away from the chalk. Like Penix is still kind of a chalky pick, but I like it a lot. I, I saw him at plus 1600 on DraftKings, So um, that's where I got that one from. How much was it? 1600. Okay. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing on uh FanDuel. I got, tw- I got 20 to one on Bavada for nice. anyone who has to continue to offshore like I am, but okay. January will be, <laughs> January will be in action in North Carolina, which is awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, they're they yes. are plus 600 to make the playoff which i think if something happens with southern cal where they can't put it together or something happens to caleb williams um then it's going to open the door for like a washington or an oregon or utah or, or even my beavers to kind of make some type of run there maybe not the beavers that's way too ambitious but like a washington oregon or utah feels right where it's like if something happens to southern cal and people are getting their wins against them in the in whenever they face them in the schedule. I think that there could be a road for a Pac-12 team to make it. And I actually I really want a Pac-12 team to make it. After all the shit that's been going on with the Pac-12, I think it would be oh, hilarious for a Pac-12 team to make it into the playoff. Beavers making the playoff would be incredible. That, that it would be insane. <laughs> not not gonna happen, but that's the one I'm rooting for to happen. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. And it, here. it's interesting because on DraftKings right now, like I said, he's plus sixteen hundred. The other guys in that group, uh, Bo Nix from Oregon, uh, Sam Hartman, and Drake May, which I was surprised to see Drake May that low. Same here. Hi, I guess is what I would mean there. But uh, yeah, interesting grouping there. All guys that I think have a legitimate case to to be on the stage there when December rolls around. Well, um, Carolina did uh, Quintas Johnson – did they rule him ineligible this year? Is Jackson? 
Yeah, I think he's good, or maybe not yet. But I like the governor of North Carolina literally put out like a tweet and was like, "You need to do whatever you can to get him reinstated or something like that." Or he may have even done like a some kind of governor's thing. I've never I've never seen that happen before, where a governor has come in and said, "No, you have to give this kid eligibility." All right, not a, college football. Not Devontae Walker. Um, yeah, I, Penix is my favorite. Like, it, it's just. It is what it is. I think the offense is going to score 50 fucking points a game this year. Like, I really mm-hmm. do. No one's stopping them except Michigan State. Josh Pate said so. Um, yeah, that's that's really the way I see it going. But, it, I mean, this offense is fully loaded. They're returning more production than anybody in the nation. Points across yep. the board. I um, I, mean, I could see him pushing 50 touchdowns easy. Uh, the only question yeah. for me is if he stays upright. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you and me have both seen it several times. So yeah, yeah, a lot of pain down in Bloomington for for that kid. So hopefully he can get through this one and skate and get to the league. So um, yeah, so that that was my that was my first choice uh, was Penix. So Bennett, what you got another one or Andy? You want to roll another one out? Go, go I, ahead, Bennett. I can I can roll down a list of guys I'm not putting on. Um, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers. <laughs> J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Drake May, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Sam Hartman, uh, Drew Lahr, uh Kyle McCord, and Devin Brown, and it kind of just gets worse and worse from there. We can delete that in post. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll do the I'll do the censor sound. <laughs> so, how do you guys feel about Jordan Travis? I'm very. I mean, you, you know how I feel about Jordan Travis. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just in terms of his eyes, he's he's plus fourteen hundred right now. He's up there with Kay Klubnik and Carson Beck, which I feel like Carson Beck is just kind of getting that <clears throat> those odds because it's Georgia. Um, but I actually did have J.J. McCarthy on my list for the same reason that Carson Beck's getting relatively good odds. Uh, the team around him is just so good that it's going to make him look a lot better. Uh, I don't think J.J. McCarthy is one of the you know five, ten best quarterbacks in the country, but – like with Carson Beck, I think the team around him is just good enough that it's going to make it's going to make him look very efficient, first of all, and that's going to just lead to increased production there. Um, I think last week we did the uh, when we did JJ McCarthy, we decided he was going to be under on yards but over on touchdowns. I just I, I don't really see it being a uh, a chance for McCarthy to win it. Yak Merchant. Yeah, it's uh, JJ McCarthy. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you think they're gonna let him on? Un- just I, Charlie said it well. I don't know if there's anything to unleash. Like I I I haven't seen enough, but I'm also biased. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we both are. All of us are. Even you know, Andy is biased to Jason here. But uh, yeah, n- none of us have seen a whole lot of deadliness. I don't know. I don't even know if that's the right word for it. But just, not a lot of explosiveness from Michigan's offense. Like it is what it is. Uh, Caden McNamara obviously was not the guy that was going to introduce that. JJ McCarthy is infinitely more talented than Caden McNamara is, but we haven't necessarily seen that yet, except in some very small flashes. Now, there's no reason he can't take that step this year. Quarterbacks have done it before; it's not an uncommon thing. But like, who does he have to throw to? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't they don't really have a dude necessarily? I mean, they've got a couple. They've got some talented players out there, but it's not like they have any superstar wide receivers that's going to elevate him to a Heisman. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Well, that's yeah, what we're talking about as well. Uh, Cornelius Johnson is his best wide receiver, and his over under on yards was like six hundred. Like literally, yeah. so jeez, oh, yeah. Like there's, that is I just so don't, low. I don't see there's there's not enough there. Eric all transferred over to um, uh, we'll talk about them later. Um, Hornfield is Iowa. Like like they they just lost stuff. But yeah. on the the other guy we're talking about, Jordan Travis, that offense is loaded and explosive. Um, if you were going to do something with how much we like them, FanDuel has a plus 600 for Travis or Penix to win. And like, oh, wow. So, so I'd, I'd be more comfortable throwing like a higher unit value on that than just yeah. know, something smaller. I, it's a nice little deal. I think yeah. the schedule is in Travis's favor too because like obviously LSU and Clemson in your first four games is tough. Like the rest of the way out, I just don't have a ton of respect for – the ACC teams that aren't like the top two, to be honest with you guys. Like, I, I, um, and even then, like, they're not facing some of the middle to upper tier of ACC teams either. I mean, they're going VT, Syracuse, Duke, Wake, Pitt, Miami, uh, then out of conference, North Alabama, then end with their out of conference rival in Florida. Like, I don't, I don't see a ton of threat there where he could be able to put together a really nice resume. Um, heading into the ACC championship, if they're able to, if they're able to make it there, and that would help his Heisman resume a ton because he's going to be going in with a lot of steam instead of having the hard games towards the end, how Penix has, where if Penix hits kind of a um, a bit of a rut in his final four games because the teams he's playing are a lot tougher than the first eight, uh, Travis is kind of going to have the opposite since he's so front loaded with LSU and the beasts that are southern miss boston college and then of course number nine ranked clemson yeah i will say so obviously this is going to be my slight acc bias coming in here but duke was i think duke is kind of getting slept on a little bit here they were a really good team last year especially for the talent level that they had uh they were able to put together some surprising wins and honestly we talked about this when we did the acc preview i wouldn't be shocked to see them upset clemson week one like i don't think it's going to happen but they're a good enough team that they could catch Clemson sleeping early. Uh, and then Miami, I fucking hate Miami, but, like, they could put it together. Like, there's a non-zero. They have the talent where if they put it together, like, they'd be good. And then Florida, same deal. Like, I, I don't have nearly as much faith in Florida as I do in Miami in terms of putting things together just because, I mean, Graham Mertz, I've seen enough of Graham Mertz to know what he's kind of is. Um but, it, yeah, like, I think right now it's it's tough because it's on paper. Obviously, we haven't seen these teams play it down yet. But uh, I, I would agree that as of right now, the schedule is pretty front-loaded for them. Like, Clemson and LSU are going to be tough. I'm not convinced they win either of those games, honestly. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's the thing that might sink Travis there, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair. I I totally get the devil's advocate side with the Duke and Miami piece, but – I think if he's going to be making a case for himself, he's going to have to like smash those guys. And comparatively yeah. speaking, I don't think they stack anywhere close to LSU or Clemson where he should. If, I mean, if they're going to be the second best team in the ACC, then they're also going to have to thump them. But those would be the tough tests that I see in their schedule too, or at least tougher. Uh, I mean, it, when, when Duke and Miami, and then I guess Florida too, or, I'll put Florida in there for like a top four. When when Florida and Miami round out your three and four for your fourth for your top four hardest opponents, I think I could set out a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, that's why they're trying to yeah, leave. And, huh? That's why they're trying to leave. 
Oh yeah. Scared. <laughs> scared of Duke. Um, yes, Heisman odds are going to be interesting. Like I said, I think it's there are a lot of just solid candidates this year. Obviously, Williams and May, and we didn't even touch on really like Jaden Daniels. Like he could win the fucking Heisman. He's got the second best odds on DraftKings right now. Like no, no shot, dude. No shot. You don't believe in Bayou Brian? Has he ever put a an offensive Heisman candidate in there? I'm gonna have to delete this recording real quick. Hang on. I just remember the the one guy that went <laughs> in a really shitty <clears throat> year. Um, you got if anyone's winning that's not a uh, quarterback, is it Marvin Harrison? Any running backs? Yeah. I, I don't no. see. I don't see any running backs stacking up like like Derrick Henry was the last one. I think he had like seventeen, eighteen hundred yards. Like I don't see anybody doing that. Yeah, Corm had a shot last year. I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that this year. Yeah, um, I like Klubnik long shot. Um, that was my other pick as well. Was Klubnik, mm. and I'm surprised yeah. he's like eleven cents or eleven hundred cents higher than Joe Milton. Like I, I think that Tennessee offense is not going to stop clicking, but the defense is going to suck ass. So they're not going to win enough yeah. games. It's a, it's a, you know what I mean. It's a, uh, it's a reward for the te- a guy on a good team. And I think it's an individual reward for a good team. Yeah. Yeah, I think Clemson has a better chance to win eleven games than Tennessee does. So yeah, one hundred percent. I agree, I with, agree that. with that. Yeah, I think I mean, too. I like think- they, they, what was their offense was like sixty sixth last season in passing. Like that's going to be such a big focus for them. Where getting that number up, I don't see that going any more down from where they were. I mean, you're bringing back four O linemen for Clemson. They did lose their left tackle, McFadden. Sucks for them. I'm not going to be crying over it. Um, but then he also has Will Shipley, uh, Antonio Williams, and then Jake Bryanstool. So like he's got help. Um, and then he's also got a bit of experience on those UNC and Tennessee games at the end of last year. Bring in then Lincoln Riley's brother, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett Riley, I think, is going to be the bit, the X factor there with him. I think so too, man. I, I really do. He's, the guy's 33 years old and he's already got experience like coaching under Sony Dykes and uh, Mike Leach. It's just, you. I think that they're really just, they're going to be pouring gas in the fire here where if everything clicks right, they could be really damn good. But at the same time, the consistency is still a big question mark for me with that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you you guys were staying away from Clemson, but uh, I actually went in kind of big on Clemson over ten wins, and not even as an emotional hedge for me. I mean, I'd be super pumped if they didn't get that, but I think like I don't think that they're going to lose both the Notre Dame and FSU games. But to your guys' points, like there are other there are other ACT ACC teams there that could give them a hard time. And we always see every year there's at least two of the mid to bad ACC teams, like give them a run for their money, which is always exciting to watch. So that's for sure going to happen. But I just think like that there's so much push insurance that you're getting at 10 for their win total that it, yeah. I feel pretty safe laying that number. Yeah. You can yeah. get nine and a half on FanDuel, but it's fucking juiced. Like, yeah, I think it's almost two hundred point. At that, at that point, I'd just rather take the push and just bank on, all right, I think that these guys will likely win. I, I, I think e- in either of those games against um, Florida State and Notre Dame, it's going to be – the spread's going to be like a touch – I mean, not a touchdown, a field goal. It's going to be a really close spread where um, – and, and both should be pretty good games, hopefully. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got any I mean, long shots, <clears throat> Tyler? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list right now. There's Tyler Buckner out there, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not completely out on the idea of Drew Aller being really good. Like, we haven't really seen anything showing that he can or that he can't. But I mean, it's five star, it's five star talent going in, and you know, Penn State has put out NFL quarterbacks technically before. Um. The Penn State could be or is going to probably going to be a really good team this year. So, they I could see him making a push as long as they don't if they don't get squashed by Michigan like they did last year. Uh, I could see that. I could see him getting some votes for the Heisman for sure. Char Charlie said no shot. No shot. <laughs> no shot. They're just going to rush the ball. Um, I've got you know our boy Jaden Delora at plus twenty thousand. Maybe just uh I don't know throw a couple oh, yeah. bucks on it. And then uh, Devin Weary maybe at UK, but I really highly doubt it. And then uh, Dante Moore, they're both at plus ten thousand. So maybe he comes out plus week 10, two 000. or week three. Uh, I could see that being like a Caleb Williams effect at Oklahoma, where he comes out week three and then he just starts working his way into the conversation. So similar situation, Arch Manning at plus eight thousand. I think Moore is more likely to start. Yeah, Arch. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Ewers is ever going to lose the job. And he'd have to get hurt. Yeah, Ewers has the third best odds on DraftKings right now. He's plus thirteen hundred, and if Texas beats Alabama, he's going to shoot up the ranking. Like he's he might be the the favorite after that that game if they win. That's the thing. Like week one, it just goes crazy. Like last year's Anthony Richardson, um, mm -hmm. which I know you're a Colts fan. Like congrats, but like la like last year that Utah game, all of a sudden he's just like he's going to win the fucking Eisman. Like he's going to win it, and it just fizzled out. Yeah. It was a it was a weird feeling when we drafted him, and all season long, the only solace I had was that the Colts were tanking and going to get either Bryce or CJ, and then we get Anthony Richardson, which everyone in fantasy football is raving about now. It's like, oh, upside, 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 but it's like, did any of you fantasy football people watch him at Florida? <laughs> like, I know he's built like an athletic freak, but the consistency was never there, so that's my biggest fear, but if everything – works out then yeah i agree with what they're saying it could be awesome but yeah i'm excited to see who that week one guy is going to be as well we're just out of the blue oh holy shit he's going to win the heisman because that's heisman. that's kind of where like where we're looking at with the odds right now there's uh there's definitely potential to hit on one of them yeah for sure for the week one hype that is maybe not to actually win the heisman but oh yeah we hit the yeah. week one hype guy there will be a lot of overreactions for a couple guys after week one for sure it, so, that's thing, it's, sorry, it's got to be one of those big games. Like that's why I, I think yeah. Jordan Travis, if they light up LSU, or likewise with Daniels, it'll be one of them. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, Aller. yeah. Aller. That's gonna be a great game. Could be Harold Perkins. Maybe he just absolutely goes off. Yeah, he's a regular like, in Charlotte. <laughs> you going? <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be at college game day. I'll be wandering around Charlotte uh, all day long. I'm super ex excited. It's gonna be awesome. Happy hours, happy hour sports uh, sign in the background. Oh, uh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Hey, I'll, go. I'll go nice. half and half. I'll go half and half with you. We'll put a tailgates and turnovers logo on there too. <laughs> um, yeah, not gonna happen. Hell yeah! <laughs> Listen, to our awful takes. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, yeah. That's Heisman talk. Uh, Coach of the year next. Coach of the year is a tough one because it is almost completely team dependent. Like it's who. Who either improved their team a ton or who is one of the best teams in the country? Um, Bennett, what do you, you have 
you have one on this? Uh, I mean, there's no odds on this. Uh, Jimmy Franklin or Kaylin DeBoer, one of them. DeBoer was one of mine. Yeah, and uh, possibly Luke Fickle as a long shot. I'm very curious to see what happens with Luke Fickle. Uh, I've got one that's like not a super long shot. Brian Kelly. Yeah, already won it once. Same vein. Would be a repeat. You'll say Dabo. Yeah, I can see Dabo too. Yeah, I I don't know. There's it's just really not that much improving to do. They still won ten games. Yeah. If Saban wins eleven with this quarterback room, does he does he automatically get coach of the year? I don't know. Did you see that clip I put out the other day? He's, yes. He looks He's so hilarious. defeated about this whole team. <laughs> he you, does. you you just never see him like that. He's like, way to put three guys in at practice. They all made some bad throws and they all got sacked. Like it's just not looking good for Bama right now. <laughs> Big time. Uh, we got to put somebody out there. Energy. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Milrow. Honestly. Yeah. I get, I, I kind of think it's, it's going to start with Milrow at least. Yeah. But uh, I also had Norvell, kind of a chalk pick there. Uh, Florida State's got a lot of hype. I don't necessarily uh, – it's tough because I, I don't necessarily believe in Florida State right now. I think they're going to be a very good team. I just don't think they're going to be that level of team. Like, I don't know if a two-game improvement, if they go 10-2, and two, like, I don't know if that's enough for him to get coach of the year, really. So they would pretty much have to either be a one-loss team or undefeated make the playoffs for him to win it, I think. What about SEC West champion Jimbo? <laughs> that would be – man, the the whiplash of that one would be pretty intense. Not going to lie. Yeah. I think he's got a better chance of something happened to his job than him winning coach the year. Last uh, season yeah. was, such a, was such a dud for them. It was great. Oh, really I, I, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think DeBoer is probably the candidate like the most out of the three that I had put up there, just because we've already talked about Washington ad nauseum. But I, I think they just have the recipe to be a really good football team this year. And if they win a couple of the games that they probably won't be favored in, uh, I think he's going to be up there for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought he could have won it last year. Honestly, they went from one win yeah, to he, eleven. He definitely should have. I think. Who did win last year? Um, TC, Sunny Dykes. That's right. Sunny yeah, Dykes. yeah, yeah. Hell, it could have been Lance Leipold, too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so a- Andy, you got any other Coach of the Year candidates that you'd be looking at besides you mentioned Dabo and DeBoer? Yeah, no, those those two for me. Okay. Um, that I, Like you guys, could not find betting odds for this anywhere, so it's hard to see where the value is besides kind of what y'all's theory is. It's just like looking where the improvement can be and who actually has a chance to to hit on that. Yeah, I think this is just kind of us guessing who it could be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so now we come to the fun section where we talk about potential playoff pictures and who we think might win. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say we all have Georgia in the playoff. Uh, yes. They're also yeah. – I found betting odds for them too. Minus 300 to make the playoff is absurd. <laughs> but that's, that's justified. Disgusting. It's justified, but it's absurd. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're hundred percent in my playoff. Yeah, Bennett, uh, Georgia in your playoff as well, without a doubt. Yes. Yeah, zero hesitation there. Um, after that, I think you could make arguments for just about anybody. Uh, <laughs> who are who are some teams you guys are looking at value wise, or just your picks? You go ahead, Andy. Oh, uh, you go first. I <laughs> I picked I picked betting ones that I liked, but I can piece together my four real quick. 
Yeah, okay. um, I'll pick. I'll pick a betting one and uh, one that I have on here. LSU. Okay. So I, this is going to be a really good year for the Tigers. I think uh, they're Alabama has run into some issues there with, uh, with their quarterback situation. I think the the opening is there for them to win again, come out of the SEC West, and I think they'll be able to put up a tougher fight against Georgia than they did last year. Um, obviously, I had Kelly as a potential Coach of the Year candidate. Uh, I, I think they got a really good shot at making the playoff. If they can make keep it a close loss to Georgia and win the West, not lose any of their out of conference games or anything, if they can go in as a twelve and one team into the playoff, like they're going to be a lock. I think. Yeah, um, I like Penn State at plus four sixty uh, or plus six hundred, depending on. Actually, I think it's plus six hundred on DraftKings. So. I like Penn State a lot. Like I said, I think that Big Ten East is going to cannibalize itself and it's going to turn into a uh, tiebreaker. Each one of them is going to beat each other, the top three. And, uh, yeah, I like them. I mean, obviously, and then uh, we've talked about them plenty. Washington at plus 600. Washington's in mine as well. I like the value on Penn State there because you're right. Like, they, it's going to be a fist fight between those three. And just looking at the value between Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, Penn State's the value pick there for sure. They're all – they're all – 10 win teams. So like mm-hmm. uh, something's going to happen there. I, I'm just not too sure what something's got to give. Yeah. I do. Tyler, see are you scared at all? Or sorry. Are you scared at all that? I feel like LSU has kind of been the trendy pick to make it in, but I mean, rightfully so, right. With your reasoning about Alabama and all that, but are you scared at all that they are, they kind of have been one of the more trendier picks to make it in? Um, yeah, a little bit, and there's definitely a world where they lose to Alabama, they lose to a resurgent Texas A&M. Like, could definitely see that happening. Um, I, I'm not 100. I'm not 100% sold on any of the teams coming out of the West. Honestly, I think LSU is just the best one, and they're not the most talented if you look at the talent composite. But they've obviously got the the best overall roster in the West as of right now. Um, and if, like I said, if they can put up a fight against Georgia, I think they can do it. They, I don't really see any big hiccups on their schedule outside of Alabama. But, you know, it, two teams out of any conference, I think, is just all you always kind of get dicey there, especially if we have Georgia as a lock. So that's that's where you kind of run into some issues. But uh, long, yeah. long story, I, I'm not necessarily worried about what the public thinks on that because, like, we're idiots. The public are also idiots. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's – if the Sharps were really against it, then I would maybe be a little more hesitant. But as of right now, no. Gotcha. Yeah, I, um, I've i got Georgia in there, just like you guys. And then Washington was mine. I talked about brief. I I've, I feel like I've already touched on them in different ways here and there to kind of know my reasoning. Um, this is in no particular order. And then I've also got Clemson in there. Um, I think that their path forward is fairly easy. Uh, that we kind of that we kind of touched on. Besides that, beginning um, or excuse me, besides like the Notre Dame and FSU piece, I'm not too worried for them. That and I think that they are about to um, have a huge resurgence compared to last season. I'm really struggling with my fourth one though. Like I don't want to go with either. I feel like it has to be probably one of Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. Um, and especially if I've already got Washington in, that means that something happened to USC as well as to uh, Utah and Oregon. So I'm, I'm struggling with that last piece where like my 
would we take two SEC teams and go LSU and Alabama? I, I highly doubt it. I feel like we're going to have to get one of the rotation of those three Big Ten guys that are going to be top of the top, especially if they're if we're all in agreement. I've heard it in the podcast I've been listening to. Everyone saying that those three are all going to be ten win teams. Like one of them is going to make it into the playoff. I just don't know which one. And and I, I like kind of where Bennett went. That Penn State is the value play there out of the yeah. three. There is a there is another option that we haven't discussed, and I don't think any of us actually believe in it. Shut the fuck the, up. Are you going to go with your team? No, 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 Could the Longhorns be back? Oh, Could it happen? We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, in my, they're in my sicko mind. Yeah, they're in Jake's. <laughs> Are they? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, does it have to be a second team out of the SEC or the Big Ten? Like, why not Texas? But... We'll talk about that in uh, in a little bit here. I, it's not a really yeah. good value play. They're only plus three hundred, so I mean, I, I'm I'm not looking at it as a value play here. Just looking at it as a possibility because, like, there's no reason they can't. I don't think they will, but there's no reason they can't be undefeated in the conference champ going and going into the next year. Ben and I kind of went back and forth on whether or not we liked Oklahoma or Texas. I like Texas more, so um, it's it's up in the air. Like, it could be them. Yeah, see, I don't even have a big te- a Big Ten team in mind right now. It's got, I think it's one of those three. So Texas would have to really either take the spot of Clemson or Washington for me. Um, and I, f- I, f- I feel really good about both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of lurking out there, though. They uh, are definitely the last, lurking. The last one I have is uh, OU at plus 700. The Sooners. Oh, dang, yeah, I thought you were going Bobcats there. based on your Bobcats plus two and a half analysis earlier. <laughs> no, teams, teams that play on Tuesday can't make the playoff. That's the rule. That is a good rule. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got um, OU at plus 700 and the Iowa Hawkeyes at plus 1,100. Awesome. Wow. No, sh- no shot. No shot on that. But uh, Utah at plus 850 is definitely a possibility. Got Wisconsin at plus 900 here. The old dairy raid. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got I'm more than ex- Iowa. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Wisconsin looks like. I don't. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm excited to see how it looks because it should be very different from what we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Any other futures you guys are looking at? Any any long long plays? Any um, fun ones? Bucky Irving to win the Doak Walker Award at plus two thousand. That's uh, that's all I got on that award. Okay. Any particular what's your, reason? What's your what's your story there? Uh, hmm. I just. Really think Oregon's going to run the ball. I don't think Bo Nix is going to be able to pass it. So that's it. If I had to put somebody else in there, um, you know what, Tyler? I'll make you happy. Audrey estimate plus twenty five hundred, and then uh, yeah, this this is a tough tough award because all the guys at the top are just workhorses. Yeah. But I, I like Bucky Irving at plus two thousand. If I if I want to make a long shot of that, everyone else up there is kind of chalk. Yeah. Yeah, and estimate I don't really think has a shot just because it does sound like Notre Dame is going to be doing a committee approach there. But I appreciate the support. You were I wasn't being serious. Yeah, That's I know you were. One. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, maybe Trey Benson at plus twelve hundred. That's it. Yeah, I like Benson there a lot. That's a good pick. I don't. I don't like any of those uh, Big Ten guys above him. I, I really don't think Judkins is going to put up sixteen hundred yards in the SEC again either. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be tough to replicate that. So, yep. all right, Andy, Andy. What about you? Any any other long ones you're looking at? Uh, no, no. The the long ones I hit on were pretty much all that I had. Yeah. Um, the ones that I touched on throughout the show so far. So that's all I pretty. That's all I really got for 
Long shots. All right. Easy, easy one. Uh, Air Force to win the Commanders in Chief trophy on draft things at minus 125. Block. And the juice is yeah, in that. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Air Force should be the best team out of those three. Oh, for sure. Number That's one not one I anticipated having action on coming into this podcast, but that is one that I will leave having action on uh, at the end of this podcast. <laughs> number uh, <laughs> number one defense in the nation last year. Bring it on, baby. Let's yeah. go. That's fine with me. Yeah. Who are your guys' picks to win the national championship? Like we got, we got to talk about it before the season. <laughs> go ahead, Bennett. Dogs. Yeah, Roop. Yeah. Uh, dogs, dogs, or dogs. <laughs> Just loaded still. I, yeah. I, I don't see. And the the path to get there is so easy. This year, it definitely is for them. They have got an absolute garbage schedule this year. And uh, I'll stick with my same thing last year that you laughed at me about. If anybody's going to beat them, it's Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I definitely, I mean, after Michigan had run them down their throats, I thought Georgia was going to be able to do the same thing to them. But uh, Stroud definitely got another gear in that game. So um, Ohio State, I feel like, is going to be a pretty trendy pick. Again, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Michigan and Penn State to get there. But uh, Georgia's definitely the safest pick. I'll go with an unsafe pick and go Clemson. Yeah, I, I've got I've got Georgia as well. Um, yeah. Just from what I've looked over, from what I've seen, it doesn't it, – and from what I've seen from the teams who have been there before, like I don't trust anything with Michigan if they're to make the playoff. Um, I'm with you, like Ohio State. They showed it last year how – and like, and they could be super hungry after what happened last year, right? Like everyone kind of wishes to end up being Ohio State in that uh, final game because they – I mean, they, they showed that they could, that they could do it. But um, I don't – with with what's going on in Alabama, I don't feel certain to be there, and I'm not going to go with LSU either because seeing that it took Brian Kelly three years to make it with Notre Dame, I think uh, three years is going to be the charm for LSU as well. I think he's just one step away. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I would agree there, especially since he would have to eventually go through Georgia, and if Georgia yeah. puts the beat down enough, that can knock him out, even if they do only have one loss there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It, it will be a one SEC team year, I think, to make the playoff. I do feel pretty good about that. I don't think it'll be two. I'd be shocked. Yeah, if it is two, I, I still I do think it's going to be LSU, but I, I'm kind of with you. It's going to be one. Yeah, because your point, that second loss would be the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah, Natty pick. Uh, two for Georgia, one half-ass Clemson vote. So, uh, <laughs> if you're going to pick anybody, Georgia's got crazy value at, at plus 220 on DraftKings, but I would still pick them there. A very, very safe pick. So we are going to move on to our golden rules for 2023. So uh, any teams that you're just automatically going to bet something within, you know, within reason, uh, or just any general rules that you're going to be living by for betting college football this year. Uh, Bennett put this category up there. So we're going to, we're going to start with you, Bennett. What's your first rule? Washington. We've been beating it all day. If anything is, un if anything is under 70, bet the over if it's over 70 start looking at it but anything under 70 put the over every single yep. week yep. and uh georgia, georgia first half covers i like that one i like that pick yeah that was the, that was the old that was the old bama line covered every week bama first half yep. and uh it's just the, the new the new bama yeah i like that one a lot uh andy how about you uh i will be riding and dying with the beavers once again so 
towards the end of 2021 and then all of 2022, this team became uh, a religious figure in our betting group chat and where we were betting on them almost every game. And it turned out incredible last season where they were um, an insane 11 and two ATS, which was the second best in college football, technically third, if you count Sam Houston with APS, but uh, they were second best uh, team ATS in college football. Uh, I think DJ elevates his team to the next level where to y'all's point in the article you wrote, like he will be the best quarterback this program's ever had. Um, there's a part of me inside where I want him to completely go after it this year because it would make Clemson look like shit that he played very mediocre football for them for a while. And yeah. I think that he's going to really help supplement what was a run heavy offense. Like he could open up a lot more avenues for them where the offense becomes a bit more unpredictable. Um, and the culture's there. I mean, th there's a lot to love about this team. I don't think they're going to be going 11, 11 and two ATS again. Uh, Vegas is going to make sure that they're on top of that. But I mean, I've already got them uh, first half minus nine and a half in their first game. So I'll be, I'll be looking at their first halves as well as their full games, but uh, there will be an orange beaver in my action network every single week this season. You can, there, there'll be no doubts about that. I like that call. Uh, I am going to, it's a twofer. Uh, the Iowa's just betting the under. Um. Kate McNamara, obviously coming to Iowa, is going to be a good bit better than uh, Spencer Petrus, but I just I don't have faith in them. Like <laughs> there's and there's no reason to have faith in them at this point. Like they they got a couple guys in that transferred from Michigan, uh, another run first team that doesn't necessarily light it up through the air. Uh, there's still going to be a really good defense. It's going to be a lot of possession ball that they're going to play. Uh, McNamara's going to be efficient. He's not going to light it up, though. So I'm taking the Iowa's under uh, Iowa State. I I also just don't think they're going to be very good. So I feel pretty I feel pretty okay with that one. Um, I was with you on the Washington overs there. I, I expanded that I did Pac-12 overs, just uh, USC, uh, UCLA, and Oregon taking the taking overs on there in general. Um, that was one I had. So uh, you got any other ones? Uh, throw throw Arizona on that one too. Mm -hmm. Every week I have. Yeah, Arizona I, overs. Uh, yes, Arizona overs. I had uh, them against the spread every week. Um, obviously, we're a Jetfish podcast, so I gotta I gotta ride with that one. Um, brings the guys to play. Dolores should be a really good quarterback. He should be able to keep them in games a lot closer than uh, than what they've been before. So, I like them against the spread this week this year. Um, I'm I'm joining the overs club, but with UNC. I think Drake May and like the company he's got on the offense is going to be awesome, but that defense is abysmal. We saw it last year. Um, I was there at the Notre Dame UNC game last year. It was hilarious to watch, and I, I don't think that this defense has gotten any better, but I do think that they're going to be doing their best to make sure that he has, um, if not a shot at the Heisman, like a great highlight reel of film for his top two pick uh, or top three pick in the NFL draft coming up. So they're going to be doing anything and everything to score and they're going to be letting up a bunch of points as well. I don't have a magic number, uh, but I'll, I'll have to go to my models and check. I'll, I'll go back to my college football models and check. <laughs> there we go. Utah at home to cover. Yep. Every game. Um, five and one last year. And if you go back to 2020, which is the last time they lost a game at home or 2019, they've actually won at home every single game since 2020. It's like, it's like 80%. I guess spread. Utah yeah. at home. Take it. 
Yes. And then uh, I got my next rule. My next one. This is going to be a new one for this year. Uh, I, well, the reasoning is going to be a new one this year. Uh, week zero and week one unders. Going to yes. be hitting a lot of unders these first yes. two weeks. So big reason for that. Usually you do want to try to hit the unders on weeks week zero and one just because you got a lot of teams trying some stuff out. Just a lot of new players still trying to get some kinks worked out and everything like that. But uh, the decision to remove the stoppage of play after a first down, which is an awful decision in my opinion, uh, is going to lead to some lower scores and some some teams just playing more possession ball, which I think is a good thing. Like for some of these teams that are very clearly overmatched by their opponents, like it's going to be a good way to kind of counteract that. You're burning more clock off, but it's going to lead to a lot more unders hitting too. And Vegas, I know you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Bennett, but they've already started to kind of draw those totals down by a few points. Uh, I think they're probably going to have to keep adjusting there. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about taking quite a few unders uh, these first couple weeks here. Yeah, I'm on the, the blind unders the first couple weeks. Um, it sounds like we're only going to lose about five plays a game, which I, we'll have to see because it, 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 the, the clock, it's just it feels like so, a lot more than five plays. It I feels five seems low. It feels like five on each side of the ball, so 10 plays a game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like it feels a lot higher than that but everything i've read is five plays and i'm like there's just no way with the clock moving around and everything um i'll go into my next one i am betting against the blue bloods this year that is the blue blood college basketball programs um ucla kansas unc duke they all showed up last year no one knows what's going on technically not spread but uh for sure money lines if they're there it's close uh, I forgot just, a blue blood there. Who? Indiana. This is fucking with you. Please bet against Indiana. They're going to be abysmal this year. Yeah. They, I don't know. Tom Allen getting fired? Probably. Yeah. It's time. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, the, I like they, that anti blue blood play. Yeah. It's uh, especially Kansas and Duke and UC, or, uh, UNC. UCLA, I'm still pretty high on, but they might not be able to cover mm -hmm. too much when uh, it's time. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, we didn't even Andy. really touch on Devin Leary with Kentucky. Like, I'm, I, 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 I'm betting against UK too. I, I put yeah, him, yeah, yeah. We, we're we're very anti UK, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh yeah, I trust me. I I like Devin Leary, but I don't think that he's going to be able to like. I, and I, I do actually kind of think he could be an upgrade on, on Will Levis, but I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. Yeah, as I, an Irish fan, I have to be anti UK, and that is our geopolitics joke for the day. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think that Liam Cohen coming back is going to be an interesting uh, wrinkle for that. I just, Devin Leary, like he was looking like he was going to be a really good player coming into the draft after, after the season when we, when we started this, but he just didn't really pan out even when he was healthy. And obviously he was dealing with injuries and just kind of got placed by the end of it. Like he, I don't know. I, I think that Kentucky is not going to be very good this year again. Like, they'll probably go bowling, but they might squeak in. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, Liam Cohen being back is a big wrinkle, but I'm just not sold. Yeah. We called it, I'm man. We called it. Levis all year. We called it mm -hmm. all year, and it finally happened. Um, so, good news. Uh, another one that I have on here is bet the underperforming 2022 teams with a very high talent comp. Um, those ones are Texas A&M. Oklahoma, Florida, Miami, and Auburn. I'm betting with Auburn. I like it. 
Auburn to cover. They're not going to win many games, but they might win seven. Yeah, uh, covers but, would be nice for them. They, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be. It's not going to be an every game or blind bet, but I'm going to be looking into fading Minnesota for a bit this year. I think with their division, there's a lot of teams to uh, be high on, especially in comparison to Minnesota. Or I think they're going to be the ones that suffer. Where it's like a lot of outlets that I'm hearing, it's like, oh, take this team or that team. Um, in their division so it's like but what about minnesota okay well they're going to be the ones that that suffer at at the other guy's expense um that'll be kind of a game by game basis for me not necessarily every game but they're going to be one that i have my eye on to fade throughout the season yeah i'm I'm on that i talked about that a little bit last week i'm i'm very uh low on minnesota unfortunately Mm -hmm. yeah big 10 west unders are always going to be in the play no matter what really oh yeah it's it's just gonna be mostly free money Wisconsin is really going to be the only one that kind of throws it for a loop. And then Purdue used to be able to throw them for a loop. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, though. Yeah. So, Any other ones? Any other golden rules? Uh, no, if I'm doing a flow chart, I have it at the beginning. It's, uh, did you play golf today? No bets. Uh, it's, did you play golf? No. Then uh, it's, did you eat breakfast? Yes, you're betting. If not, you're not betting today. That's uh, <laughs> That's the golden rule. That's a good call. Yeah, I like that. All right, so those were our golden rules. We're going to finish this off with some sicko lines. Uh, This is basically we are going to take some just uh, well-known bits within college football uh, and just kind of look at some potential bets here. So, Bennett, you want to start? I know uh, Jake was unable to make it tonight. He was supposed to hop on. He is uh, not feeling well, so... Get well soon, Jake, but we are going to read some of your lines off. Uh, why don't you get him started? You just want me to go through all of Jake's first? Yeah, just go through all of Jake's. Uh, he had the over-under on three-and-a-half college game day guest pickers that are country singers. Ooh. And that's, like a, that that's a very uh, a very popular role for that, uh, especially with the, the FTC probably getting six or seven of those games. And then even if it's Texas or something like that, they'll – uh, they, I think they pulled in Jordan Spieth last year. Mm-hmm. I think for the uh, Bama game. Yeah, I, I think three and a half is a little high. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to so look. What, back there's going to be? Are they doing? They're, are they doing a week zero game day or, or no? They sure. don't do game day. I don't think they do. So there's going to be twelve game days. No, yeah, first so. and first game days in Charlotte. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they've announced the, the guest picker for the Charlotte one yet. I haven't seen it either. Dude, if I had to um, guess, it's going to be Darius. Like that's usually that's usually the guy. Yeah, Moody. Darius. Moody. That's that. Yeah, that, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. So last year, Luke Bryan. Uh, I think that might have been the only one. Uh, and Luke Combs. I don't know who this is. Who is Bianca Belair? Belair. Uh, Belair. No clue. The professional wrestler. So last year was who? That means we're due. That means we're due for an over. Yeah, <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half is a line where it's like, oh, there's only two last year. I'll take the under, but uh, <laughs> three and a half is a good line. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really nice line. I'm gonna take the under. I'll um, yeah, we'll adjust this for when I put this out. But uh, the next one is, what genre will the genre of the ESPN college football commercials be? It's a uh, rock plus 100, rap plus 200, pop plus 250, or country plus 500. I think there's a lot of value on pop. What was it last year? I don't even remember. I don't. 
I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was Imagine Dragons so many times that I forget. Yeah, that sounds about right. But um, I guess they're technically rock. Yeah, I mean they would be either pop rock, I guess. Yeah, I think I think raps raps out for me. Like that that'd be um that'd be hard to do it. But are we talk are we talking about like the anthem like for the announcement of college football because they already released that one this year. It was uh something real. I don't know. I wish he was here to explain. It just says ESPN yeah, college football commercials. I feel like it's the ones that promote like their headlining games for the weekend where like they play all week mm-hmm. on ESPN, like as you get uh where it's like they pre they have like the teams highlights and then it's like got the same song throughout the season. Yeah. I would um yeah. I'll I'll get clarification from Jake on that before we uh, I'm gonna, put that out. I'm gonna go rap. Rap? Plus yep, that's my guess. Yep, I'll take that. What's what was the NBA playoffs uh song last year? Oh jeez. Uh, uh rap minus three hundred. Yeah, well I I, <laughs> I I remember a couple years ago it was like win by J Rock. But uh, yeah, I don't know that what it was, was like I don't know what it was last year. I can't remember either. Uh, next up, he has Iowa over under six and a half games, scoring less than twenty points. Over, barely over. Yeah, because yeah, you can get twenty one. So it'll be, <laughs> it'll be asking a lot. God, was that week one or week zero where they scored seven points without scoring a touchdown? That was sick. I, I think it was week one. It was South Dakota State, right? It was Montana, I think. Ah, whatever. Or well, maybe it was South Dakota State. You mentioned that. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. I, I, yeah. Oh, man, um, that was beautiful. Texas over under two and a half. We're back moments this season. Over. Over. I, I've got a Texas one as well. How many times will they show Arch Manning on the broadcast for Texas games this season as a whole? 49 and a half. With that <laughs> logic being at least four game yeah. being shown on the broadcast. I, I've got some like that as well. Um, not Texas, but yeah, something like that. Uh, USC over under four and a half games where they give up 30 plus points in the headlines of them not being able to make a tackle come flooding in the following day. Hmm. Do headlines include our articles? Because I'll hammer the over on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to be under, like, I don't think it, I think, I don't think that's going to be the issue. Cause I don't think they're going to, um, I don't think those will be the headlines because Caleb Williams and the offense are going to win games for them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I there's not going to be any headlines like that, like that unless they lose. It'll um, be for losses, so it'll happen like twice, maybe three times. Yeah, I'm under there. Like I said, we'll adjust these lines. Uh, Ohio State over under one and a half games where the fan base calls for Ryan Day to be fired after losing a over. close game. Over. A close game to a team that shouldn't be considered fireable. <laughs> that might happen over. like twice before week six or week seven. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I mean, we see Danny in the Discord. It's a fucking nut mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh over under a half NFL interviews taken in November. In November? <laughs> under. Yeah, that's a little early. Maybe we can change that to uh, December. February. Yeah, December. Is December early signing day now? Yeah. Yeah, December. If we move it a month forward, what would you put it? Well, I'd, I'd you got to put still... it at like one and a half, then it's December. Not the but last it's also one. dependent on their season. It doesn't matter. They they made the playoff last year, and on signing day, he was at the Vikings. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That was sick. Love that. Love that for him. One and a half um, teams. Yeah, I would. Say, I would interviews. take the. Yeah, 
for Jake's question, as it stands, I would take the uh, under for it being in November. There's no way a team is going to start interviewing in November. Um, I might even be inclined to take the under in uh, in December too, because I feel like it'll happen a lot in January now with uh, with the 17 game schedule pushing things back a little bit. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see how Michigan does too. Yeah, and then uh, excuse me, Jake's last one is UNC over under four and a half games allowing more than 35 points. Over, over, over. It's gonna over. be so bad. It's gonna yeah. be like six or seven. Yeah, it's gonna be so bad. That's what gives me hope in our game against them it, on opening day. It's just like, oh yeah, we're not. I like, I, I get people saying that like the offensive line is gonna be a tough one for South Carolina. I, I totally agree there. But is their defense actually good enough to make that a challenge? We'll see. Plus, yeah. Uh, yeah. we already mentally own them after the bowl game two years ago. I, th- I think Shane Beamer wants another Mayo Beth. Yeah. Rent pre. Yeah. Okay. I, li- I like that a lot. Yeah, that was all of Jake's. Um, okay. I appreciate it, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Those are solid. Well soon. Yeah. Those are fucking Great solid. Picks. What do you all got? Right. You, so you had the Texas one. What else you got, Andy? Uh, I went – I. So I didn't know fully what to expect with the segment. So I had it like one that's kind of poses a question. Like there was one T and it's uh it's kind of deviating from this. So I don't want to take I don't want to wander too far off the path. But like everyone I feel like faded UConn last season from like the beginning of the season because they were massive dogs and kept getting smoked. Like every uh especially in the first of our opponents. So my thought is like who is going to be this year's UConn where they're so shit that you just have to fade them. Um, UMass. UMass. Yeah, I don't know. I have I, I have to look at it. Like I I honestly don't have an answer. Like right off the bat, let me pull it up really quick and I'll throw one out for you. But um, you can take your time too, because I don't want to take away from the segment. Because I feel like that question was not exactly what we were looking for. There was sicko lines. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tyler, what do you have? Which quarter of the Texas Rice game, week one, will someone on the announcing crew ask if Texas is back? During the Texas Rice game? Yes. When will it happen? I don't think it'll happen on that broadcast. Not at all? Mm-mm. I'm thinking like the fourth quarter, Texas is up by like 40 points or something like that, and people are going to be like, could this be the year? Could Texas finally be back? Well, I'm picturing it potentially happening. You know you could, too. That's <laughs> It could happen, especially if that game is on even remotely close to ESPN. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'll but be. Uh, got, they'll, they'll be playing Rice with JT Daniels, and uh, they'll chalk that up as like a big, high quality FPI win somehow. They beat. They beat a five star quarterback. What do you want them to do, man? Exactly. <laughs> I got another one. Uh, over under three and a half times, Jimbo and Petrino get caught screaming at each other on TV. Week one. Week one. None. Week one. None. Week one at all. None. Week. Not against. Not against New Mexico. Maybe week two against Miami. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's Gotta be more high pressure. Two, then. Yeah. Maybe week two against Miami. If it's week you one, still- then they're gonna have a really bad season. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. flashbacks to last year. We'll change that week two against Miami. Still three and a half times. Taking the over the under for that. Uh, I'm taking the under. Under. I'll also go under, but it's gonna okay. be three. <laughs> Can't uh, wait for that. <laughs> I got one. How many times will will Squirrel White be called by his actual birth name? On the broadcast this season, over under a half. Over. Someone will make a point to do it. it Mark Warius, Malik White. It depends how many games that uh, Gary and Vern have with Tennessee. 
which they might have a lot because if Gary's got that, I mean, he's going to call him that name fucking 10 times. He's <laughs> never going to call him squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Give me the over on that one. Someone is going to do it to make a point. They'll even just like, even as a little like blurb about him, they're going to say his real name is Marquarius Malik white. Yeah. I think exactly. his name's too long that, that I said the line so low, but fair enough. So this, there will be a point to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, uh, I've got one. Uh, we curse. We Corso curse words over one and a half. Under. It'll be what one. If I, what if I set it at a half? It's one. Yeah, I would say one. I take the over on that. Hopefully it's he gonna be yeah. Fuck it. Totally accidental. He's gonna let one, let one slip. Fuck it. I can't believe he's back. <sighs> they have to. Tire. They fucking fired everybody. Yeah. Yes, but also like they were rolling him out of like on the deathbed last year. It was not pretty. Yeah, yeah, Kirk is just straight babysitting him on broadcast right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got his, they've already got his direct replacement too in McAfee, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's on it this year, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just different. Um, oh yeah, it's taking some getting used to. I'm a McAfee fan, but I'm I'm I don't I'm not huge on him on the game day personally. Yeah, it's no, he's fine. Like yeah. I, 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 I got I got a go ahead go ahead. I got a somewhat sad one. Uh, over under four and a half teams in the Pac-12 uh, by the end of this season slash start of next season. Oh God! <laughs> under right? There's well, you, you think they they might bring people in from the Mountain West? There's maybe that's why I'm asking. Like, do you think they're gonna? When is their contract up? This is like the last year of the contract. Now, yeah, that's why everyone's it's basically this year. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the deciding factor is if they can get the guys in. And they'll want to re-up because otherwise then they're just going to leave the Pac-12 and then one of those, either it'll be the super conferences or there'll be like a new, kind of like how everyone left the Big East and then came back and then they came back and reformed it for basketball, that is. I can't believe they balked on that ESPN deal for $30 What an absolute fucking joke of that conference. But uh, I'm (laughs) going to take the over. I think they're going to be able to pull some teams off. Yeah, they'll be able to pull some people over. Supposedly, SMU will go to the ACC for free right now. So, like, yeah, I thought that they weren't they weren't going to take anybody. That's they, hilarious. They've got so much money; it doesn't matter. Like, there's certain they'll, they'll they'll never be able to go back to the Big Twelve with uh, yeah all the stuff they left them in with the Southwest. Oh right. Um, I've got another Jimbo one over under games before Jimbo takes back the play calling duties. Six and a half hmm. from Bobby Petrino. Like officially takes him back, or that we think he's gonna—that's gonna happen behind the scenes. Officially, over. I could have set that line at ten and a half for officially. Yeah, he'll, he'll never officially take them back. I'll, yeah. I'll set that line at ten and a half for officially. Fair. Uh, I'll actually—I'll—I'll uh, I'll take the under on that one actually for ten and a half. I think they're gonna be just fine. Not that ten and a half is high. Um, how many press conferences will save and complain about the quarterbacks? Over under seven and a half. Over. over, you think because he's already doing it now, he's going to go all season? Oh Dude, yeah, like, this quarterback room is rough, man. I will, and I mean, he has a press conference every day. I will find my Bama friends to that watch every single one, and like there will be, there'll be a tally. Yeah, <laughs> you could honestly set that line at like fifty, thirty, like, yeah. <laughs> fifty and a half. He will complain about them every single week. Yeah. Um, over under I, two and a half games. Two and a half times, game announcers called Deion Coach Prime in week one. Over. 
Over. Who's got the broadcast? That's a good uh, question. They're TCU week one. So it's either Fox. Big noon. Yeah, it's either Fox or um, ESPN. I don't know. I would assume it's going to be Fox. If, be it's, a... if, if it's ESPN, I think that's over. But I can see the Fox guys not. Uh, like, I can see the Fox guys being more serious. Well, if it's, that's a, I, I said game announcer, so not like the pre, like not game day or anything like that. Because they'll, they'll, they'll be all over that shit. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, I've got another Dion one. Uh, over under two and a half cowboy hats in game. Under. Under. He's not going to lose. He's, he's wearing the uh, just flat bills. Yeah, in games. I could see him pulling it out for like Nebraska, but. Does, does he have. I could see him wear it into the stadium. And then switch it out for a flat bill to actually like put his headset on. I think he pulls it out for either if the season goes so poorly that he needs a quote unquote rally cap and that's his cowboy hat, or the season's going so well that he just doesn't give a fuck and he starts wearing the cowboy hat around. Maybe they'll make that the turnover prop. <laughs> cowboy hats. Yeah, the turnover cowboys. <laughs> just go over and they get to wear Dion's hat for a while. Yeah. Um, that seems like something. The amount of views he gets on his shit is insane. Like, yeah. I have to say it. I cannot believe people are just okay with just watching him going around doing his doing his stuff on a day-to-day and that many people tune in. It's wild to me. People very interested in what's going to happen with with them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got one more. First coach fired. Um, Neil Brown. Okay. I think. I don't know. I was high in West Virginia, but Neil Brown, Dana Holgerson. I'm going to go Tom Allen. Yeah. There's there's just a list we can go down. This one is – yeah. It's uh this well whenever we put the uh the Google Doc out, this will have to be like a plus ten points yeah. if, if you get it right. <laughs> like because it's just so many. Yeah. Um Billy Napier. I don't think so. <laughs> no, nah, he's not he like it. They they would have to go like three wins for him to even have a hot seat. Let's see, college coaches hot seat rankings. They update this thing every single week. It's fucking insane. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I'm riding with Tom Allen. I think I think he's gone. It, it's time. They're gonna get smacked uh, by like Western Kentucky again, and it's just gonna be that'll be it. Yeah. Um. They might tarmac him at his own stadium after the Ohio State game. Oh no! Right now they got the uh, yeah best odds right now that I'm I can find her for Tom Allen. Yep. By far, I, I also like um Jeff Halfley at Boston College. He's really Ooh, Halfley's a good now. one. Yeah, and, Tony uh, Elliott. Maybe you think he? You think his his seat's got to be pretty damn hot? Yeah, I don't know if it should be, but okay. All right, I just found it. Uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are calling the Colorado TCU game. Oh yeah, Ooh, Gus Johnson's gonna it's, say it's, it. it's over. He's, Gus Johnson's gonna say it a hundred percent. Yeah, you, you, you gotta adjust that line. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll need to be adjusted. We'll have you to make could, we'll you have do to make Joel Cl- like will Joel Klatt call him Coach Prime? Yeah, I think Gus Johnson's the only one that'll do it. It's gonna be just so easy. Joel Quack's kind of a cheese ball too. He could do it up yeah. there. Um, I've got one over under power five conferences cannibaliz- cannibalizing themselves for the playoff, one and a half. Over. So you think we're only gonna have three conferences in again for the playoff? I think so. I think oh, no. I, I, I think I think it'll be four this year. I think it'll be four. So you're under? Yeah, I'll take the under on that. Big twelve and the Big Twelve and Pac twelve are gonna do it. Come on, Pac-12. Come on. Just I one know. time. Somebody, some, time. somebody win 11 games. Somebody do it. Come on, Beavs. Please There's do a it. path. There's definitely a path. 
but there's also a path where they all end up with nine with with, yeah. with nine as their most uh and then broadcast mentions of Mason Taylor from LSU's relationship to his father and uncle, 11 and a half. Hmm. I'm going to take the under. Dude, they love to talk about that shit. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll need Gray to track this because he'll watch every yeah, game. Gray will definitely track it. I- I'll take the under. A close under, though. Yeah. Because his dad is uh, Jason Taylor and his uncle is Zach Johnson, right? Or Zach Taylor. Yeah. Zach Taylor. Cole Taylor. Damn. Damn, that's close. Zach Johnson? Fuck, I'm mixing them. They were both linebackers on the Dolphins. Yeah, Zach Taylor. Oh, Zach Johnson. Zach Taylor. Um, Is it really? What? Whatever. Yeah, anyway, I, I'll, I will still take the close under on that. You got anything else? I got one more. I poorly prepped for this section, even though I hyped myself up to say I would have some great lines. It's all good. So, got, that's, all, got a, that's all I got. We got a ton. Tyler, you're going to love this one. Sunbelt. Power five upsets over one and a half. Under. Under. Trash conference. Absolute bombs. Can I list off these games? Bum belts an enemy. I don't know if I want to hear them. App State at UNC, Coastal Carolina, UCLA, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. These one, these are the ones where it could happen. James Madison, Virginia, Marshall, Virginia Tech, Marshall, NC State, Old Dominion, uh, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, Wake Forest. South Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Troy, Kansas State. I actually like quite a few of those. I'll I take know. That's, that's actually One and a half feels good. low. I might have to yeah. set it two and a half. Or two flat. I, I, I like two flat as well. For- maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'll just put that, say, uh, a pick on there. And the closer you are to the number, the more points you get. I like that yeah. too. Yeah. I really like a lot of those upstates. Yeah, those are nice. Well, uh, Marshall's better than Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they definitely now. are. Yeah. And I think Old Dominion might be better than them, too. Yeah. I, I really think uh, Troy, Troy at Kansas State. I'm really locking that one in. Yeah. App State and North Carolina, man, that could be. 63-60 again? Hell yeah, give me that. Yeah. That'd be awesome gonna... if that was another high-scoring game like that. That's all I got, though. I think I'm going to go to the uh... – Tech UNC game here in town oh. this year, just to see drum oh, nice. while I can. Yeah, be a good one to go to. Yeah, bet the over. <laughs> yeah, probably. Your brother's down here, right? Yeah, he moves in uh, Labor Day weekend, so he's missing out on the USC UNC stuff. But it's probably good because my friends would give him a really hard time. We'd be berating him all weekend. Yeah, they're easy to give a hard time to. Oh yeah. It's very uh, much so, not especially for basketball. Yeah. Well, if you want to come down for that game, I can get us tickets. I'm in. All right. What, what weekend is that? Uh, it's sometime in October. I don't know. I've got one wedding in October, but besides that, I'm pretty free. So I'm looking that up right now. My computer Actually, keeps freezing on me. No, you're good. I might be going to uh, Florida at Carolina this year as well because uh, – We've got a bunch of European guys that work with us, and they've never been – they've been to, like, all the major sporting events, but they've never been to, like, a, a college football game. So they oh, want to do that. Awesome. So what well, our spots, like, only an hour south of there, so it works for us. Yeah, this is the weekend before – UNC GT is the weekend before Halloween. I got no plans. Okay. Yeah, let me know. I'll be, yeah, trick-or-treating at your house. No. no, no, no. You don't want to stay here with the kids. Um, Tyler, how was your trip to Atlanta? How was Fox Brothers? It was good. 
Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually saw them on, uh, I was over at my parents' house. They had food network on and like they had deep fried ribs at one point, apparently. Uh, I didn't see them on the menu when I was there, but they looked really interesting. I wish they would have still been on the menu. Um, you guys, you guys went to the original spot, right? Cause there, there's, there's another location at the baseball stadium. We went to, we went to one down by like kind of close to the river, like kind of close to Georgia state's campus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the other one. Is it? Okay. Yeah. No, their, their food was pretty good. I should not have doubled up on brisket and the brisket chili. That was a mistake. Too much. There's um, there's some better spots around, but like if you're looking for true barbecue, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's I. That one was not my call, so I uh, I was kind of going with the flow on that one. Um, but yeah, dude, it was just fucking humid, man. Like it wasn't even that hot last week. It wasn't, but it was just yeah. so humid. Yeah, the uh, the temps rolled down, but now it's just fucking hot again. So mm-hmm. we got probably another month before it starts getting nice. That crisp 90 degree air. All right, but uh, even better than that, how was Hooters? <laughs> About as good as you would expect a Hooters to be. <laughs> Food's always good, man. Yeah, it's fine. You know what you're going to get? Yeah. Reliable. Wings. Yeah, wings are good. I, uh, but yeah, you guys got anything else? I ran into Gene Chizik at Hooters one time. Hooters in Greensboro. North no Carolina? Shit. Yeah, he was there with a recruit. <laughs> I was there for lunch at work. <laughs> That's why the defense is so fucking bad. <laughs> it was bad. crazy. I had to do like a triple take. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. It's <laughs> so fun. That's insane. Got to uh, throw that out on a uh, yeah. just the audio. On that note, out. yeah. Yeah, no, man, I'm I'm just fucking ready for this season, dude. And week zero, perfect time to start testing some of our golden rules out, seeing how those all play out. But uh, really looking forward to to what this year is going to look like. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a fun one. I know people are already pretending to care about, you know, enjoy this while it lasts. This is going to be the end of college football as we know it. College football still going to be here next year, but this is, this should be a really fun year this year. So. I am excited. Yeah. Um, how soon do we need to readjust the uh, rules? Because college football betting changes quite drastically. Probably tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. I mean, yeah. no, we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely readjust, and we we should uh, just keep track of how our golden rules do over the course of the season, just to see what uh, see how golden they actually are. Well. I'm not playing any golf, and I like to eat breakfast. Breakfast, so I'm pretty good there. At least, yeah, there we go. At least I'll be able to actually perform. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. Well, yeah. Thank you guys both for coming on. Uh, really excited to kick the season off with you. Week zero coming up on Saturday. Got seven games to watch, and then we got games. I think Thursday is technically the first game, uh, or do we have Max shit on Tuesday night? I think it's just uh, Thursday of week one. Week one. Uh, yeah. Florida, Florida, Utah, Thursday. And I think, and I think Penn State, NC State uh, always plays on Thursdays too. Week one. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not ready for this. I know, I know, Florida and Utah are on Thursday. Yep, Thursday, August thirty first. That's gonna be, that's gonna be the opening game. So really looking forward to that one. But yeah, in the meantime, we got some, we have some football games coming ahead. <laughs> not anything to go crazy over, but uh, just enough to let you guys whistle at least for working on some of these bets. But. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys coming on. 
Uh, looking forward to talking with you guys about this as the year goes on. Definitely looking forward to catching back up and seeing how we're doing. Um, anything else you guys have? I appreciate nope. you guys having me on. Uh, this was like way more fun than I could have even expected. And I can't wait to, uh, to, see how the season, to see how the season goes, especially listening to you guys and reading your guys' stuff. I will be more invested this season than I was the last couple of years, that's for sure, where I'll at least be more knowledgeable about other teams besides just uh, South Carolina and losing interest halfway through the season because South Carolina sucks. Except for last year, we didn't, but that's kind of how my college football has been the last few years. So uh, appreciate y'all having me on, man. It's going to be a hell of a season. I totally agree with you there. Appreciate having you on, man. Our door is always open whenever you want to hop on, even if you just want to vent about South Carolina or vent about something else, man. We're here for it. So uh, don't hesitate. And thank you all for listening. Looking forward to catching up with you guys after the weekend, after this first weekend of college football. But be sure to check us out at happyhoursports.net. We have our articles and podcast episodes posted up there, as well as some great pieces from some of our other contributors and some of the other guys at Happy Hour uh, doing a lot of really good work there, uh, getting you guys all set for your bets. Uh, check us out on Twitter at TNTCFBPod. Uh, we have a link to our Discord in there. Feel free to get on that. Uh, like, share, rate, review, subscribe to Pod on any of your podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Pods, any of that good stuff. And uh, don't tweet at recruits. Nope. Don't tweet at them. Don't even think about recruits. It's, it's, it's about to start. We're about to get into it. Uh, definitely don't buy them breakfast or hamburgers. Yeah, definitely not. Amen. I'm, uh, no I'm going to see Ray. I'm going to see uh, Dylan Ryle in two weeks. I'll expect a scouting report. Nah, I'm not, I'll, I'll videotape <laughs> it all on my phone and send it to Strab. Scouting report better be as long as your uh, conference realignment uh, breakdown. It's, it's not, <laughs> not going to be 45,000 characters. I can tell you that. <laughs> all right. Good night, fellas. It's be Thank you. Be published on Oh, yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody.